The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be sent to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift, Lori Bischoff. We're talking shift. Hello, I'm Lori Bischoff. This is the We're Talking Shift podcast. The podcast where I, along with my guest, talk shift because I believe the antidote to feeling stuck, well, pretty much everything else we consider to be an obstacle in our lives too, begins in our minds by shifting our thinking. Often, we may have to double down on that by going rogue and taking some radical action in our lives. And my guest today has definitely done that. So let me introduce you to today's going rogue guest, James Patrick. Now, James is a lifestyle trainer and a motivational presenter. He's the Associate Dean of Education at the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts. James is also a reverend. And as if that's not enough hats to wear, James Patrick is also, insert drum roll here, a firewalker. So this whole firewalking thing is something that has intrigued me for years. So it's going to be really fun getting all the deets from somebody who has not only been there and done it, but he's also become a certified firewalker instructor. So he's going to be taking others through that smoking hot exercise now too. I want to do this. I got to tell you, I've wanted to for a long time. I'm kind of scared. So maybe he can talk me into it. So let's get started. Hello, James, and welcome. You know, I feel like I really should address you more formally, like Dean James or Reverend James or like Sir Firewalker James. <laughs> you wear a lot of hats, buddy. It's exciting. It keeps things interesting. I don't just have one hat anymore, and it's the best thing for me. That's cool. That's cool. It's It does keep things going. I mean, variety is good. We... We stretch and we grow and wearing a lot of hats, I think is a good thing too. It's, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because it allows us to basically step into new opportunities almost every single day. And the thing I love the most just in life in general is that not one day is really meant to be exactly the same as the one before. So when you're wearing different hats as a professional, I mean, you can't help but be forced into places that are going to be different every moment of every day. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, I just got this visual in my head when you said that about, you know, if you're doing the same thing every day, um, you, you may still be, you know, growing, but maybe growing in one direction. Whereas if you're doing what you just talked about, you're wearing a lot of different hats, you're stretching in a lot of different directions. You're really expanding overall. It's just a little bit different feels like. Oh, very, very, very much so. Absolutely. It's, it's all about being able to expand in different areas of your life. And, you know, that's where people can get stuck a lot of the times. That's where things can get, it doesn't mean that we're not settled or we're not happy, but that's where things can get stagnant as if we're not willing to spread ourselves in different directions and try different things and have new experiences. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. You don't want to get stagnant. So exactly. Yeah. So it's interesting how we became connected recently, given that we actually have connective tissue that we weren't, weren't really aware of. Um, our paths never crossed during the time that I was at the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts, which is, you know, where you have been and are now, among other things. And um, when I was here, either as a student or for the, the minute in time I was there as a one of the life coach instructors, um, we, we never connected. So, um, I think that's one big thing that we have in common though. And then the other thing, which was our recent connection was when we, uh, ran across each other on LinkedIn and I saw that your mantra, which, uh, is makeshift happen is coincidentally or not the, the same as one of the five principles in my book, common sense happiness. So I was like, Hey, I need to meet this person. And then here it is. Well, like we were walking the same halls and didn't even ever meet before. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, no, that was definitely a, a, a spark for me just because I, I had heard the name before and it never clicked with me, you know, at the time that I've been at Sweeha, you know, who this was and you know you're there for teaching for a blip in time as you shared and then after that it was I would constantly see your 
podcast updates and your posts on LinkedIn. And then that day that you had posted about, you know, the makeshift happen part of your book, I was just like, oh, it's like, I've got to say hi, I've got to share this. And then I sent the picture of, you know, the motto that I have on my t-shirts and pretty yeah. much took off from there. So here we are. And here we are. I know it's so cool. And clearly I'm all about the shift and so are you. So I think that pretty much um, makes us kindred spirits (laughs) for sure. So, yeah. yeah. So I am super excited to explore a bunch of stuff with you. Mainly I'm really looking forward to diving into your whole firewalking experience and what you're doing with that. Cause I think that is, that is just badass. I got to say right there. And it's something that I've been interested in for a long time. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to jump into that. But before we get too deep into that, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious, all of these different hats that you wear, all these different things that you do, they, they basically are all related in the sense that they're all about being of service to others in one way, shape or form. Would you say that's true? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. I don't, my, my whole thing is that as I continue to de- design my own life, so to speak, it's, you know, you have to be constantly creating value in somebody else's life as you're creating value in yours. It's very much a give and take. It's very much from a space of empowerment and wanting to see other people succeed just as much as we do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that like a, a calling that you've had since you were young or was there something in particular that kind of propelled you in that direction? Is that what brought you to Southwest Institute of Healing Arts? How did you end up? How'd you end up here? I, uh, well, I'm originally from New York um, and I've always been a, well, I should say I'm a, I'm a reformed uh, people pleaser. And I've always been the person to give and to care and to do. And when I was younger, uh, the disconnect was that I defined my self-value and my self-worth by what I did for others. And a lot of times when I would go and help and do, and at that time in my life, it would be fix and save and rescue, You know, I always expected something back in return. And when that didn't happen, I would get down on myself. I would beat myself up. I would get upset. I would shut down. And as I got older, I realized, you know, this is a piece of me that's never going away, but I needed to find a way to balance this out because what I found out was I was sacrificing myself a lot of the time versus growing myself and empowering my own strength because I was giving it away to everybody else. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. And one of the things you just said there, it's, you know, it's, it's awesome to want to be of service to others and help others and, and be supportive, like you said, but a, there's, um, you know, there's a, there's gotta be some boundaries and, and B, uh, defining, uh, your self-worth based on your ability to give and support that, that obviously could be a double-edged sword right there. And, and then, um, expecting something in return. That's really a big one because you're for sure going to be disappointed if you have expectations. I, when I was younger, I knew not looking back on all of it, you know, the, the whole thing that I've learned so many times over from so many of my mentors and teachers is that everybody wants to be seen. And I think that when I was younger, a lot of what I was trying to do was trying to be seen because I didn't think that I was. So I, you know, kind of defaulted to being this fixer, the saver, the rescuer. And it gave my life meaning until there was nothing left to fix and save and rescue. And it was, who was I without that? Mm. And that really, really started at a very young age. And that kind of carried me through a lot of my teenage years. And, you know, before I moved to Arizona, ended up at Suiha. That's what changed everything, obviously. But uh, that was that was a huge moment for me to be able to reflect back and finally see that, you know, I've always been this person. I just didn't really have a clear balance as to what I was doing then um, because I didn't know who I was yet. Right. Right. So, so would you say then Sweeha, uh, your time spent there as a student first was a turning point for you? 
It was only because at the time that I was graduating from high school, um, I was in a New York deli and ironically, um, there was one of Suiha's course calendars, their catalogs that were sitting at the table next to me. Hmm. And I just started flipping through it and I had sat there and come across what had been the life coaching program at that time and was enthralled with the information that I received about it. And I had never even heard of the term life coach or what it meant or what that entailed. And then as soon as I found out about it, you know, that was, you know, three years before I finally moved out here and it kind of just sat with me. You know, there are some things in life that when you get it and you get a hit, you don't always necessarily act on it right away, but it just kind of sits with you. And then, you know, there was a, obviously this was back in, so 2001 when, you know, nine 11 happened. Um, Mm. There was a lot of up, there was a lot of upheaval in my life, and at that point, um, a lot of things happened that basically forced me into a space of okay, what's the next step? And I took that as my sign that it was time to move, and literally packed up myself and everything that I had and drove out to Arizona because this school was still on my mind. And I'm like, all right, we're changing directions, we're changing careers, we're changing life, we're just taking the bull by the horns and I, my whole family's back East. So I'm the only one out here in Arizona now, but I literally walked away from everything and started over. Wow. That sounds, that sounds like a pretty big going rogue move right there. Yeah, that was, that was very significant only because at that point in my life, <clears throat> I, I had been working for a uh, time Warner in Manhattan and in different parts of New York and at the time when 9-11 had happened, there was a lot of transitions that were supposed to happen. And the job that I was supposed to transition to uh, no longer existed, obviously, because one of those offices was in one of the towers that went down. And it was a moment for me to reflect on the fact of I wasn't there. I didn't have to be there. And what am I going to do with my life now? And this was basically, you know, sweetheart and life coaching and just a change in my life is what I needed. And that was it. I was just like, I'm done. Let's do this. And there, there, there wasn't a better catalyst at that point. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a pretty big one. <laughs> that's a lot of big things converging and and, you know, showing you signs all at the same time. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. It was like a big universal shovel to the face. And it was like, what are you waiting for? What are you doing? And I was like, <laughs> okay, let's do this. <laughs> so you packed up everything. Uh, you you uh, headed out to Phoenix and you've been there ever yep. since. Sure have. And I haven't looked back. I go back and visit all the time. Don't get me wrong. I love my family. But I, uh, yeah, I, I, I came out here and settled and placed my roots and have been growing here ever since. Mm hmm. So you went through um, the the coaching life coaching course at at Southwest Institute of Healing Arts. I'm saying that just so that people that are not familiar know what we're talking about when we say that funny word, sweeha. Um, but th that's what we're talking about, you guys. Southwest yep. Institute of Healing Arts, which is located in uh, Tempe, Arizona. Is the new location still in Tempe? Yes, okay. we're actually right next door to our yoga studio and our aesthetics campus on Tempe. So we're all together now, which is even awesome, better. Very cool. Very cool. So yeah. so that's what we're referring to. And now um, fast forward to today and you are like the associate dean, right? Yep. Um, which is that's that's quite a that's quite a, a long way since you first got there to what you're doing now. I think that's really fascinating. It's it's been a process. And the cool thing about all the different hats that I wear is that they all tie together and they all stem from the time that I've spent at Suiha, the different positions that I've had, the students that I have taught in the classroom and everything that I'm working with as a motivational speaker, as a trainer, firewalker. It, it's all part of the same bubble. So I really couldn't be more grateful just because all these opportunities keep popping up and it just keeps reaffirming that I'm in the right space. I'm playing in the right world, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it's all tied together. Yeah. So you mentioned firewalking. Um, 
I'm just like, okay, when can I, when can I dive into that? Cause I'm so excited to talk <laughs> about it. It's so intriguing to me. And, um, and so let's just jump into that. If you're, if you're ready, I want to hear, sure. I, I really want to hear about what, um, how that first came across your radar. What made you decide that you wanted to, to do that? And then, you know, your experience with it and where it's taking you. Well, it's divine timing in all things. And honestly, it was a couple of days before the opportunity came before my desk. I had been listening to, uh, in my office, in the background, instead of music, a lot of the times I'll listen to, you know, Tony Robbins workshops, Deepak Chopra, Oprah, Wayne Dyer, just all these different things. And the segment I was listening to was, you know, when it comes to creating the great change, you know, you have to be willing to do things that you've never done before. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I was like, maybe I should start really seriously considering writing out what my bucket list would be. And it was just a passing thought and idea. And, you know, the, the next day, I got an email from Casey Miller, who is the owner and founder of Sweeha. And there was an ad for a firewalking instructor training. And all it said in the email was interested question mark. <laughs> I, I just kind of took that and the lesson that I had gotten the day before. And I was just like, well, I was like, there's my answer. I was like, cause never have I ever. And did it intrigue me? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the opportunity itself was being presented in a way that, you know, the, the conversation was, you know, where do I see myself going? The, the next evolution of my practice and my coaching business and my speaking, you know, what else could I do? for myself and for the school. And the firewalking was definitely the, the cake topper, so to speak, of mm-hmm. opportunities to try now. So that, that was that. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Casey Miller, is she just like psychic or what? <laughs> That's she tough. has her moments and her downloads and every now and again, things happen. And I'm just like, all right. So I was like, this is what I'm going to do now. So let's do this. <laughs> yeah. All right. So tell, uh, tell us about the training. Cause you just recently did that, right? Yeah, that was about three weeks ago. Um, and it was it located in, there's a firewalking Institute of research and education in Dallas or actually flower mound. Um, which is just outside Dallas and arrived there on a Tuesday evening and started training on Wednesday morning. And that went from Wednesday through Saturday. And we started at eight 30 in the morning and went through till about 10 30 at night. So these were long, very intensive training days. <laughs> mm, that <laughs> is, know, yeah, was, those are long days. Let me, before you continue, let me ask you. So you decided to dive into the instructor training, in, in other words, learning how to teach other people to do the firewalking before um, you committed to that before you had even done it once your first, the first time yourself, right? Yep. Yep. Wow. I was like, and, and that's that's honestly, if I'm going to do anything in my life and in my career, I don't necessarily always like doing like an intro. It's like, if the whole piece of the puzzle there, I'm like, it's like, go big or go home. Like, let's just do this. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to get other things out of it. And the instructor training was the piece of, all right, I'll get my first, actually it wasn't even my, you walked on fire the entire time you were there. So it wasn't just one walk, (laughs) but you did all that. And then I walked away and I was like, all right, now I'm an instructor and I've done it. Done. Check. (laughs) Nice. Very efficient. Very efficient, James. Exactly. And I pride myself on that. I am a time management and efficiency expert. So that was done. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I might, I might have to, I might have to hire you. (laughs) I'm I'm hearing some things that are going, listen up girl. (laughs) So, okay. So let's talk about, so you're there for a total of what, four days? Okay. And you're basically walking on fire all day. You know, what we're doing is, so there were nine other people there um, that were part of our tribe to go through the training. And there's a lot that goes into it. So it wasn't necessarily just walking on fire the whole time. You learned about all the logistics of the kind of wood to use, how long the fires need to burn, you know, just building everything from start to finish, you know, obviously all the legalities around, you know, fire permits and laws and guidelines, that's all necessary. 
but you know, you were responsible each day and there was a fire captain each day where everyone got an opportunity to lead a portion of this training so that you really were responsible for building the fires and getting it set up from start to finish, you know? So Mm -hmm. we all had that opportunity. Okay. And, uh, the firewalks happened at the end of every day only because for obviously for aesthetic purposes, you don't want to do a firewalk during the day because it's not as pretty or exciting. Right. Night we would do this and it was just such an empowering experience. I I'm still like wrapping my head around the fact that it happened. (laughs) That is intense. Yeah. So it's not as simple as grabbing some, um, coals out of your Weber grill and throwing them on the ground and dancing across them. There's a, there's a whole, (laughs) there's a very scientific process to this. Oh, there absolutely is. And it is very real only because you have a lot of, you know, skeptics that are out there just like, oh, you know, it's not hot. Oh, it's been sitting there for a while. Oh, they're just walking across fluff. And no, no, you're, it's, it's very real. Those are hot coals. And the, the interesting part is outside of all the logistics of making that setup happen, you've got to get yourself into a state of mind every single time. So not only is it a powerful intention that you need to set for yourself as to why you're about to walk across this firebed, but you have to get yourself into a state of mind that sets you up that I believe in this so much. I believe in my intention. I know I can do this. And to walk from, you know, point A to point B in this firewalk and come out on the other side, you have an, a pretty epic release. You know, if your intentions are there, you have a pretty amazing transformation when you come out on the other side. And, you know, the very first time I did it, it was, you know, one of those moments where I was just like, okay, I want to do this again and again and again. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, so, so you really have to be, I mean, you really have to be driven because you're right. If you're standing there and you're asking and, and you're obviously trying to keep the fears at bay. And I mean, this is kind of a big thing, um, to, to put it mildly, but if you are asking yourself, why am I really doing this? And you don't have a real compelling reason because nobody's making you do it. It would be really easy to just go, you know, I I really don't have to put myself through this. I can just walk away. And I imagine that sometimes that does happen. I don't know. Did anybody in your group change their mind and say, no, this isn't for me? No, ironically, there were other activities and other trainings that we received with between the firewalking that some did not want to follow through with. And we can talk about that in a little bit, but Mm -hmm. you know, it was, everybody was there to really show up for themselves. And I'll be honest in saying there were out of the entire trip, there were two times, two times that, um, my feet got kissed, so to speak. That's what we call it is when you get, you get a little kiss of kiss of the flame on the bottom of your feet. And, you know, it's because if your focus goes to the fire, then you lose your intention. So if you have your intention and you get yourself into a state of mind, you know, as we're standing at the beginning of that fire, if you've ever seen, you know, any of the walks like Tony Robbins has done at his events, he gets people into that state of mind where they're like, yes, 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 yes. And they're getting them pumped up. Right. Right. And it is that energy that carries them from start to finish because that energy is attached to a very specific intention. And once you lose that, your focus goes to the flame, your focus goes to the fire. And I noticed that's what happened to me because at one point it was, I got so excited about the fact that I could do it, that it became about, Ooh, let me just see how many times I can walk across the fire. And it wasn't with an intention. And that's where my feet got kissed. Ah, interesting. That word, that word kiss too. It seems like a, (laughs) it's a very nice, soft word. Oh, well, it was interesting because even part of the mantra before you even start the fire walk is that you're you're walking across ice cold healing fire. (laughs) Wow. So the state of mind is so, so key. So I want to talk about that for a second, because, you know, I've seen I've seen the the fire walking um, that Tony Robbins does during some of his events and, um, which is, you know, where I first, uh, really started to get intrigued with that thinking, okay, I really, I really want to do this at some point, I think, 
Yeah. <laughs> I think, but, <laughs> but, you know, not everybody has, you know, what is he like seven feet tall with this booming voice? And he's like the master of changing state and, you know, and inspiring. And like, not everybody has Tony Robbins standing there in front of them pumping them up and motivating them and telling them that, you know, they, they are not going to fail and getting them through that. So how do you, how do you get yourself in that state of mind so that you are focused, you know, on the, on the right things, like you said, and not on the fire? You know, that's just it is that that type of, you know, his type of energy is something I've always resonated with. That's why I love the public speaking that I do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I very much resonate with that go big or go home energy. And every time I go into something for myself, never, never mind a firewalk. It's I metaphorically put myself into that space every single time that when I'm going towards a goal or I'm going towards something that I want, that state of mind allows me to really define the value behind what I'm trying to do. Like, is this a must in my life? Like I have to have this and I'm going to do it. Or am I just telling myself and going through the routine, you know, and it, it really does just play with, you know, the authenticity of, you know, the goals that I've set for myself. And even when I work with my clients, it's the same expectation. My style of coaching and teaching is very fiery, excuse my language. It's very mm -hmm. aggressive in nature, you know, and it's not for everybody, but that's key is that, you know, even if, you know, when we were doing the firewalks, um, there was a different version of the firewalk to where you broke down the coals and it was laid out in a circle instead of a ladder, right? Yeah. And the, the circular fire is typically more spiritual in nature. And what's interesting is that those walks are typically done in silence. But even before you go through that walk, you still have to build up that same energy, that same state of mind, that same, yes, yes, yes. But without any words, without any sound, you just do that internally to go across the fire. So it's with everything that we do, you know, I, I want to know that there's a fire inside of you that's making you want to do this, that you're not forcing yourself to do anything that you don't want to do or that you're not meant to do or that somebody else has told you that you should do. Uh, but that it's authentic to your purpose and your passion and your plan, because then you really, it's so cliche. I, I used to, you know, you really can do anything. Yeah. You know, it, it's just where, where your head is at. Yeah. And when you, knowing that, knowing that in your, you know, in your mind is one thing, but when you do something that for you is uh, daunting or scary or, mm -hmm you know, really outside of any normal person's comfort zone. And then you really begin to not just know it, but believe it. Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing is that my whole thing is, you know, people talk about releasing fears. I'm like, I don't really believe in releasing fear a hundred percent just because that fear is kind of the telltale that if there's no it's, it's kind of like when you get butterflies in your stomach or there's nerves or there's, you know, that, that sense of uncertainty, that uncomfortableness that always makes me curious. It's like, okay, what is this attached to? Because there's a reason I'm having this reaction. There's a reason I'm having this response. And if that response isn't there, then it might not be my goal. It might not be my fire or my passion. If I do have that butterfly, if I do have that tingle, if I do have that fear, it's kind of my check-in to be like, all right, what's this about? And if it's there, all right, what's it worth? Do I need to do this? What's, what's happening? <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, those are, that's a great conversation to have with yourself. And, and so that, and that's what I was wondering. So how does the, the fear, I mean, even if you decide, okay, I'm doing this, I want to do this, I'm going to walk across these coals, uh, you know, at least once, um, and you still, because it's counterintuitive. So you still must have some fear, but you have the drive and you have the intention and you have your own reasons that you want to do it. And so you're going to do it. But how does that fear that, like you said, it may still be there. It may not go away. Um, you're going to talk uh, to yourself about it. Hopefully you're going to question yourself. How does it correlate then with the fears and obstacles in all of the other aspects of your life? How do the two, you know, meet? Does, does that make sense? The question I'm asking? Yeah. 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 It's just, everything comes down to the value. What is it worth? It is, I look at where I'm at now 
and I look at all the things that I'm looking to achieve personally and professionally. And it all comes down to that while the fear might be there, while the stories every now and again and the voices in my head might creep in, it's what's it worth? You know, what is the cost for me to stay where I am right now? And if it's powerful enough, the cost is okay. It, one of the quotes that I read a long time ago had this piece in it, and it said that the cost is the day of your life. And when you think of excuses and stories and fears and you go into the space of, okay, what's the cost of me staying put right, right. where I'm at right now. And I say the cost is the day of my life. Is it worth it? A lot of times it'll be like, Nope, get your ass in gear. Let's get moving. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, I love that question too. I use that a lot because it's true. When you, when you put it that way, there is a cost to everything you, you choose to do. And there's a cost to everything that you choose to not do to turn away from. And it does make you think about, uh, if you're going to move forward or not in a different way, when you ask yourself that question. Well, it is. And it's all about movement. And, you know, I posted this, you know, the other day on one of my, um, social media sites, it's, you know, power of yes and power of no. Yeah. There are opportunities that you'll say yes to, and there are opportunities that will show up that you could say yes to. But sometimes if you say no, you open yourself up to something better, but you're always moving. And you may have moments of pause in your life. I tell people, it's like, you never stop. You never stop, but you do have moments of pause to allow you to reflect and make sure that you're still on the right path, or like we shared at the beginning of this, is there a new path, a new direction, you know, someplace else that you're going to spread yourself because you said no to something here. And all of a sudden, this door, this window, this path, this new option shows up. Yeah. So what, if anything, was your, um, unexpected or breakthrough or aha moment, what, what came up for you when you went through, through this process? I'm sure things came up that you expected to, but was there something that came up that you were like, wow, I, I really didn't even realize that. What were your ahas? Um, so like when we did the firewalking training in between all of that, there was different empowerment activities that we've all seen before that we did glass walking, there was board breaking, cement block breaking, uh, breaking arrows with your throat, bending rebar between you and a partner with your throat. Lots of very unusual, uncomfortable, never have I ever done these before kind of activities. Mm, yeah. And, you know, the, the fire walking became very, you know, part of the deal at that point, because once we had done that, anything else just kind of seemed like a new opportunity. Like, all right, let's give this a shot. Let's give this a try. And, you know, honestly, when I showed up there, I was in uh, professional mode. I was expecting to, you know, show up, receive an awesome training, try something new and leave with a great tool. And I just walked away with a completely different perspective on my own life and in a very humbling way, only because it was, you know, the, those five takeaways that, you know, you had saw that I posted on Facebook and on Instagram, there was five very key takeaways that I had from that experience. Um, mm -hmm. If you want me to go into those, I can share those. Um, yeah, but yeah, because I think those, those will be great. I'm sure that our listeners will be able to get a lot out of your takeaways as well. So let's do it. Yeah. You know, and we all have our different ways of how we received it. The fire walk was just mine. So for me, it was a lot of what I preach is about expression and how many times we hold ourselves back or that we don't fully express ourselves in a moment out of fear, out of our excuses, out of our stories. And what this experience gave me was that, okay, the metaphor of the fire inside, right? Everybody has the fire inside mm -hmm. needs to be burning with enough passion and that passion needs to be tied to a belief that you can and you will do anything because I have a lot of individuals that even in my own life at times will say, you know, if I'm going to try something new, no, you can't, no, you won't, no, you never will, please don't. And my response is always two words. I'm like, watch me because <laughs> if my fire is that strong, 
I'm going to do it and I'm going to be fully expressed without anything holding me back. The second piece was connection. And the thing I'm learning the most is, you know, Jim Rohn way back Mm -hmm. when talked about that concept of you're the average of the five people you are around the most. Yeah. And what I've been really conscious of lately is as I'm growing in the direction of my life that I design personally and professionally, I'm very mindful of those who I surround myself with. And I love this because I read something a couple months ago that said to pay attention to the people who need you, feed you, and keep you. Um, have you ever heard that before? No, but that's interesting. I'm, I'm trying to see if I can write it down quick enough so I don't lose it. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, it's those yeah. who need you, feed you, keep you. So the people that need you would be people like your children or your clients. You know, the people that feed you are your inspirational teachers and mentors, those that motivate and inspire you. And then you have those that keep you, which are, you know, basically like your friends, the ones that don't let yourself take yourself so seriously all the time that, you know, we're goal driven, we're motivated, we're moving, we're, you know, doing great things. But those are the people that basically take you back every now and again and say, just breathe, just have some fun every now and again. Okay. And it's interesting. So you start creating these circles in your life. And it's, it's interesting because you find that all of them support you in so many different ways. And you start clearing your inventory of those that don't. <laughs> mm. So, the, so you had a realization of, about this and, and connections while you were doing this training. Yep. Yep. It was, it was really taking a look at, you know, where I, even at this point in my life, where I've been holding myself back and how I need to move forward and taking a look at, okay, who am I surrounding myself with on a daily basis? Why haven't I finished certain projects? You know, and when I took a reflection at some of these pieces, it was like, oh, it was like, okay, I, I, I've known of these changes. And there are a couple of people in my life, for example, that I know need to find their exit. such a nice way to put it (laughs) that's you know and 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 they they have been quite honestly because then you know like anything else it's it's just people the reason season or a lifetime right there are there people there and I found I found my reason and they've had their season and I'm ready to move forward so yeah that was a huge piece um and in in doing that you know, that, that third piece, the takeaway that I came away with was immersion. You know, as I start having these individuals and these things that do not serve my highest good, you know, exit my life, mm-hmm. I'm able to immerse myself more in those that have like minds, those that, you know, want to walk down a similar path. Oops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I put my dog outside because <laughs> oh, I was afraid that would happen. <laughs> no big so, uh, yeah. But no, it's, it's like minds, your studies and your practice, everything that you're doing. You find more time for yourself to do the things that you love, the things that are going to bring value to your life. And when you immerse yourself in it, it becomes a part of you. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's an extension of who you are, and it's the most amazing feeling in the world. Yes. Um, so, yeah. And then yeah. it was, let's see, expression, connection, immersion. Vision. And when you start living 100% your authentic self, uh, you've heard of that whole term, fake it till you make it. Yeah. And I, I, do, I do understand and agree with that to a certain degree, but it's being able to live as if you already are. Yeah. In the present moment, in the present moment, though, with where you're at, with your time, your life, your resources, your support. So you live as if you already are the best version of who you're planning to be in that moment. So you're not playing small, but you are allowing yourself to play as big as you possibly can in the space that you're at at this moment in time in your life. I like that. It's like uh, it's like affirmative living. Exactly. Exactly. Because then you yourself become, you know, you've been inspired by all these things around you and all these other people and you've immersed yourself in this process, but then you yourself become your own catalyst for the change that you're seeking. And then other people start 
paying attention to you and following you like you've seen with the book that you've written and the things that you're doing. It's people are paying attention because now you're sharing your message. Right. And fully embrace that. And that's what people are paying attention to. For the longest time, I didn't do uh, a lot of the things that I do right now because I assumed that it was common sense. And that was my <laughs> biggest mistake. <laughs> yes. But everybody knows this stuff. Everybody does this stuff. And then common sense came into mind. And I'm like, you look at the world we live in today. I'm like, there's not a lot of common sense. <laughs> I know. It's true. And and I that's a concept too that I I actually still wrestle with that with uh when it comes to things that I want to develop and put out there now. For me, I'm like, well, doesn't everyone already know this? Hasn't it already been said a million times and, and put out there a you know a million times? And but you're right. Um the answer is yes, but the answer is also no, everybody still doesn't, doesn't know it or isn't using it or taking an advantage of it or, or they weren't in a place to receive it the other million times, but maybe they'll be able to receive what you deliver at this time in, in your words. So it's something, it's an exercise I still go through in my own head on a regular basis. It's interesting. Oh yeah. And I tell people in my workshops, my classes all the time, I was like, I teach this stuff because I learned from so many others that have done this before me. So I'm not the first and I'm sure as heck not the last. But as you just said, when it comes to you as an individual, there is no other you. You are the first and you are the last. So it's simply your turn to share your greatest self and to share the messages that resonate with you and realizing, you know, when we first connected and we first talked, you know, a couple of weeks ago, that was the big piece was, you know, we assume that people know who Oprah and Tony Robbins and Wayne Dyer and all these into who they are. Right. And realizing there's a whole generation of people that don't. Yes. So now it's your turn to take that place and to be that person, to be that teacher. Uh, and the reason those messages are still around is because they work. Exactly. Exactly. I was having a, a similar, making a similar point with um, somebody I was speaking to a couple of days ago on, on another podcast. And it was the same thing. We were talking in the reference, though, the context was health and medicine and um, an alternative, what's what's called now alternative medicine, which is actually the original medicine. <laughs> and our, you know, Western medicine really is the alternative to that. But uh, we were talking about Chinese um T uh, traditional Chinese medicine. And we're saying how funny it is that, you know, so many people um, here, at least in, in the United States, are still, it's still considered like woo-woo medicine, but yet it's been around for thousands of years. And there's a reason for that. It's because it works. Uh, things that don't work really have a, a shelf life and they eventually go away. But no, all everything of everything time... This is yeah. time-tested stuff. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So the teachers, like you were referencing, that um, you and I uh, have learned from and learning from the teachers that they learned from, all of those messages and uh, all of that wisdom that keeps standing the test of time is their standing because there are so many truths to it that are there to help us. It's, and it's awesome oh, yeah. to be able to and share it. Well, and that's what I tell people. I was like, and, you know, I, I always tell people, I was like, the term I love using the most is that everything that we work with is integrative wellness, integrative healing, because it's, you know, it's working with the world that currently exists. You know, we're not taking away anything, but we're adding to making things better, creating a better quality of life for people through, you know, the work that you do, through the work that I do, because these are time-tested techniques and modalities and tools that it makes sense. Right. I love that. So, yeah. <sighs> it just feels good. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and good. That, that's, that's, that's the simplicity of it, is that when it comes down to it, it's, if it if it makes you feel good while you're creating value in somebody else's life and when that light bulb goes off and they have that moment of, I get it, you just kind of sit back and you're just like, oh, like this is why I do what I do. <laughs> yes. And I think, um, yes. And I think that as far as it's interesting that so many people are more addicted to 
feeling less than good to feeling bad to feeling negative than they are to feeling good. And one of the things I often tell my clients and we talk about is because this is how I, I am, I'm super greedy about the way that I feel. So I, I say, you need to get really greedy about the way that you feel, because if you're not greedy about feeling good, then what's going to motivate you to keep looking for and then feeding yourself those things that keep you in that feeling good state? You, you have to get really selfish about it. And, and I think that's when greed can be used in a really good way, you know, about the way that oh, you feel. Oh, I absolutely feel. agree. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And it's interesting because it's, you know, you're right, is it's so easy to go to the negative and the bad. And what I find is interesting is when things are working and when the good starts showing up, it's fascinating that there's this natural response with some people to think that, okay, something's wrong. What am I missing? Like things are good. <laughs> Nothing bad is happening. And, and we almost put ourselves right into the space of the negative because we can't possibly believe that something's going to work out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, it, and if they do uh, have an experience where it's working out, they are looking at it like definitely, yes, it's temporary. The other shoe is going to fall or, you know, whatever. And they're expecting that it will be temporary, which in most cases then, because that's what they're expecting, then that's what they create in a temporary situation. Um, exactly. So mm. this is the biggest piece. So this is why, you know, you look at something like the firewalk that we've been talking about. It's like, all right, positive, negative excuses, stories. It didn't make a difference in that moment. It's like you come out on the other side and you're just like, I just did that. And you're like, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you really just kind of own that piece of it. And that's really what's kind of carried through ever since I got back is just like, all right, I was like, things are going to happen exactly as they're going to happen. I'm going to keep showing up and inspiring others to show up and we're going to embrace all the good stuff that happens. And we're going to take all the negative and all the bad stuff that happens. And we're still going to celebrate that too, because mm -hmm. you're going to learn something from everything and you're going to get better at picking yourself back up every single time something happens that, you know, you think is going to hold you back. You have that moment where it's just like, all right, moment of pause. I get it. What was I supposed to learn? Keep on moving. Yes, exactly. And it makes it so much easier to get through the uncomfortable times when you when you look at it from that perspective. Yes. Be because you're focusing on, you know, the gift or the, the something there that's meant for you to, to learn from, to grow from, to become a better version of yourself from, you know, whatever you want to call it. You're focused on that instead of, which is something you can use. You know, it's, you're focused on what, what, how do I use this as a resource, this uncomfortable situation or experience rather than becoming a victim? Oh, absolutely. That, that's, and, you know, from, you know, all the life coaching tools and techniques, that all goes back to your story, right? Yeah. Yes. So let me ask you, um, in your experience with the, with the other members, uh, tribe members, shall we say, that were there doing the firewalking experience, did, does everyone, is there like a typical breakthrough that people experience or are all all of their breakthroughs and aha moments pretty much as varied as, you know, as they are, or do they all kind of have the same experience? Nope. Everyone's got a completely different experience. It's the same energy that comes into the space because you all hold it and you create it together. Mm -hmm. um, that's what makes the walk so powerful is that you're getting yourself into a state of mind, but then you're surrounded by other people that are also cheering you on, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but everyone comes out, everyone comes out a little bit different. You know, we had a, there was a, a, we had a husband and wife couple that came from Tennessee to do the training and they have a wellness center in Tennessee and they came kind of with the same mindset originally of this, they do workshops and they were coming to get a great new tool and this connection, you know, you could see all of us could see made their relationship just that much stronger and the bond between them was just that much better. And it, you know, I can only imagine that it's enhancing both their personal and professional lives now, but it was just, it's just beautiful to see how everybody walked away from that. That's cool. That is so cool. Hmm. 
All right, maybe I'm going to be dragging my husband along with me. <laughs> on this, on this it's not mention. a bad idea. It's not a bad idea, and it was just wow. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't say enough about it. Quite honestly, <laughs> I bet that is so cool. So, okay, so let me ask you this: um, Would is this something that you would recommend to your clients that you coach and? Are there any client types or client personalities that you would not recommend to try firewalking? I will always, always offer the opportunity because, like I said, it's not about forcing anybody to do anything that they don't want to. Mm-hmm. But it's a great metaphor that when I'm working with people, you are presented this opportunity. And if you choose to do it, great. If you don't, then that just tells me there's more work to do. It's what else do we need to dig into? How can we get you to that space? How can we get you to that breakthrough? You know, and there's other ways of doing it. There's other coaching styles and other tools. But for me, I will always offer that as an opportunity because I think it is, you know, we're, we're good at using metaphors and powerful questions and digging deep. But when you have something as powerful as literally the fire in front of you, <laughs> Mm-hmm. It, it it just takes on a whole new meaning and it really does put you into a space of, like I said before, did I just do that? And if you did, it's like, holy crap, like, all right, what else can I do? And it's, it's, you've physically taken an action to where, you know, even in life, you've held yourself back. There's a story, there's an excuse, and you put yourself on the metaphorical cliff. Are you willing to jump or not? In this case, you're being put in front of the fire it's a real fire and you're going to walk across it or you're not. And that's tied to so much more. And there's just so much, uh, there's such a stronger result that comes from it, but I will always offer it. Wow. That's so cool. Um, I'm already getting visions. I'm going to be doing this at some point and uh, <laughs> you're probably going to be there going, come on, Lori, <laughs> you can do it. You're going to have to be Tony. And uh, not that, not that you don't, you know, have, have that within you. You're going to be like your own amazing inspirational um, instructor there, but yeah, you're going to be my Tony Robbins and you're going to get me across this thing. That's, that's my vision right now, James. So I'm, I'm it's putting, gonna be great. Yeah, I'm putting it to paper. <laughs> I'm putting it to paper, and when yeah. I put something to paper, it usually happens. <laughs> so, well, so there. You know, when we first talked, I, I shared with you. I was like, the very last night of that walk, the graduation ceremony was walking across three fire beds 108 times. So, oh, that's right. You know, yeah. So to, to to walk across to have that first breakthrough, that first walk, I can say you can absolutely do it. And we'll build up to having you do the 108 laps. <laughs> oh, you, oh, wow. Okay. Um, thanks for adding that to my bucket list. <laughs> I, I may have to let that one, um, I don't know, I'll have to meditate on that one. But, but yeah, let's get one down. Let's get, let's get one down first. Um, okay, so what would you say, and maybe you've already said it, um, what would you say to somebody that comes up to you and says, you know, I'm, I'm really tempted to do this. I really want to, um, the fear of, of burning the soles off my feet is keeping me from it. What do you say to them when the fear is really just about, as you say, getting kissed by the fire? <laughs> so it, it all comes down to, you know, outside of your story, you know, two key pieces of the work that I do is you can come from a place of imprisonment or empowerment. And when you step in front of the fire and you tell yourself that story, it's how is the story serving you? If it's not great, what are you willing to do about it? And that walk is going to be your first step or first few steps, because at that point it is you're taking ownership of who you are. You're taking ownership of whatever story it is that you've been telling yourself that, all right, I am now dictating. I am now writing the story instead of the story owning me. And that's how I end up with a lot of clients that I do is because they're still defined by their life story instead of acknowledging all of it and now using it as a tool, as a strength to move them forward. And, you know, in this case, this brand new tool of having this firewalk, you know, it's, yeah. You know, fire changes, fire changes things. 
it, yeah. it, it does in epic in epic ways. And you know, it's 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 a great tie to that release that we're all seeking at times in our life. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. My my um, heart is beating really hard in my chest, <laughs> which means that this is kind of scary, which means I have to do it. That's <laughs> so it's, uh, it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of when, and, uh, and I'm going to be coming down and doing that with you because now you're an instructor, right? So are you going to yes. be, when are you going to be ready to be taking people through this process? Uh, the big events. So I'm going to do a couple beforehand just to kind of test it out here in Arizona with the resources that we have, because, you know, Arizona is not really known for a lot of trees, <laughs> right? And, you know, grass and things like that. So but uh, the big event we're going to shoot for is going to be for January 2020. Um, and I think it's going to be a huge shift just because not only are we getting into a new decade, um, I've got this whole theme that I'm building up around, you know, what's going to be your 2020 vision. So great big metaphor, perfect play on words with what we're yeah. stepping into. And then to have that fire walk be kind of what we build up to that weekend is just a great way to start that next year. Wow. I love it. Okay. I've made a note of that too, January, 2020. So it gives me almost a year to uh, get my head in the <laughs> right place. <laughs> Get yourself in state of mind. <laughs> in, a, in state, exactly. It's all about getting in state. It's so key. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I, I got, I got what, like 10 months now to work on it. I can do it. More than enough time. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes more time isn't necessarily good. You know, it, it gives you too much time to, to spin out. I, sometimes you just got to be like, no, I impulsive and just dive in. It depends. But uh, he, he, that, that is true. Sometimes there's no room for negotiation. We, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be vulnerable enough and just share one little last piece here with the training. Um, I'd never done a sweat lodge before. And uh, one of the activities that evening was, okay, we're going to do the sweat lodge together. And it's on the property. We go in, we go to the backyard and it's like, okay, this will be cool. It's going to be kind of hot inside, but okay. So as the main lead instructor is heading in, he's just like, oh, by the way, we're doing this nude. And I'm like, what? <laughs> oh. And he just walks into, he walks into the sweat lodge. No room for negotiation. No room for asking questions. You're in that uncomfortable space. And you're just like, okay, in that moment, all right, screw it. Let's do this. And holy mackerel. <laughs> it was, again, I'm there's speechless. Not there's not anything you can't do. <laughs> Seriously. So you have uh, men and women and the whole group just then disrobes and heads on in. Yep. It was pretty <laughs> epic. And thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, this was not a, a first night type of thing. This was, we know the tribe. We've all gotten to know each other. We trust each other. It was a great connection that we all had. So it was a very empowering experience, but in that moment, not knowing what to expect, and to have that come out and just kind of go in and say, okay, well, that was, uh, <laughs> that was an experience. That, <laughs> how yeah. Many we, how many times do we do that in life anyways? You go through something unexpected, you're like, well, is what it was. Yeah, but usually you have clothes on. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so there's it was, that. It was great. Wow, that but, is uh, amazing. Um, so is that going to be part of your thing in 2020? Nope. Will there be a sweat lodge? No, no, no I'm not. I, I got a lot of tools out of that whole experience. That's one of them that I respect and I'm proud that it got done and I am not afraid and that's awesome. But it was, it was definitely one of those things where it's just like, all right, I see the, the power of it, but it's not one of my tools. Again, it's an opportunity, but that's one I would say no to. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Okay, good. Good. Just, uh, just, trying to make sure that when I'm getting myself in state for this, I'm taking that into consideration if I need to. <laughs> I'm kind of glad I can take that off the table. 
I got to tell you. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. So it comes out. So it's a secret. Yeah. I'm just going to say, shh. <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand, it might've really kept me um, going strong in my training. <laughs> so so uh, I might've never laxed on my, on my exercise program for the next 10 months. I would be a machine thinking I might have oh. to disrobe. So it could work for a person. <laughs> But, but anyway, well, one of the, um, we're, before we wrap up here, just a couple last things. Um, one of the things I really like what you said too, in, when you were listing the five key takeaways that, that you had from your firewalking training, um, your fourth point was, was just really cool. You said, let your vision be epic. And I think that's really awesome. That's a great statement. Just tell me about yeah. that for a minute. So it's, you know, I have, I have a love hate relationship with vision boards. Okay. So I'm just gonna put that out there. Okay. I love, I, I love the tool mm-hmm. uh, as long as we're being realistic with where we're at in our lives. So when I teach people to set their goals, we do our short-term goals, which are your next six months to a year and our long-term goals are the next three to five years. Okay. So anything more than that is a little bit too far of a stretch. But what you want to do, as I shared before, is you want to live as your biggest self in the now that you're at in this present moment. Mm-hmm. So let that vision let that vision be epic. How big do you want that to be? Where do you see yourself in the next three to five years knowing that, you know, we're already in March, okay? This year is flying by already. So for a single year to fly by is not, a heck of a lot. So when you think of the next three to five, it's a pretty small window, but it's realistic enough for us to plan some epic things in our own lives. And how do you want your personal and professional life to look? And that's enough time for us to really put in the effort and to what it's, it's that child's mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You you go, you go in without any boundaries. You go in playing as children do and, you know, kids, it's like you tell them, no, it's in one ear and out the other, and they're doing it anyways. So why should that stop as adults? Yeah. If you really want something bad enough, then be willing to play, be willing to be fools, be willing to play and get into that space of creativity and say, well, I'm just going to do it anyways. And if it doesn't work, oh, well, okay, well, let's try this option instead. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because at least in that state of play, you had fun figuring out whether or not it was going to work. You you still didn't lose anything because you still had a great time in the process. No, and as you had shared before, it's the same thing. As, as long as you're going in with the perspective of there's always something I'm going to gain, then you have nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah, perfect. I love that. So... I am going to have one final question for you, James, but Mm -hmm. before I do that, I'd like to give you an opportunity to tell our listeners uh, where they can find you. Uh, Who knows? I I just think that some people might be like sending you emails and contacts saying, I want to sign up for firewalking or something. (laughs) (laughs) So where can they find you? So it's, you got my website, which is www.jamespatrickaz.com, uh, or my Instagram is the next best, which is at uh, lifestyle trainer JP. Those are the two that I frequently check in on the most. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. All right. So my last question for you, James, is what would you like to share with our listeners about the value of going rogue? Be willing to realize that it's not always when or how you may expect things to happen. So as I shared my story before, it was a very significant moment in my life and pay attention to those moments. It's not always going to be quite so big. It may be little, but pay attention to everything that's happening around you and take a moment to look at where am I at now? Where do I want to go? And in that present moment with what's showing up, all right, where do I need to go? What must I do right now to create that change and cause that catalyst for you to go rogue? Mm-hmm. Nice. Love it. That's great. Thank you. 
Thank you. This has been so fun. I love talking about this and I'm super psyched. I'm going to do this. I'm totally going to do this. And that's what I like to hear with everybody. I'm going to do this. Yes, you are. Watch me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. And uh, <laughs> it's going to be on video. So I'll have evidence that I really did it. <laughs> we'll we'll make Videos a thing. Out of it. Yeah. That's cool. Thank you. So this has been awesome. I have really enjoyed talking about this and sharing it with our listeners. And, um, and I hope you'll come back and talk with me again soon, James. This has been really cool. Thank you. No, this has been an absolute unexpected pleasure. And it was wonderful connecting with you finally. <laughs> yes. Timing is everything, right? Exactly. Exactly. And this was it. Perfect. All right. Well, we, we will stay in touch and you go and uh, have an amazing day. Make some shift happen. <laughs> oh, you bet I am. I'm going to get a massage right now and then I'm going to have the epic stuff happen. <laughs> awesome. Self-care. Right. Self-care, right? <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you All so right. much, James. Take care. You do the same. Thank you. Wow. James is truly a man on a mission. He's on a mission to fuel your passion expose your purpose and motivate actions in you that inspire a new way to be. He is seriously a makeshift happen powerhouse. So I'm really excited that we got to spend some time with him today. Thank you again, James. And if you like what you heard today, check out we'retalkingshift.com. Leave me some comments. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Want to hear what you think about today's show. And of course, you'll find all the links to social media there as well. If you are trying to make some shift happen in your life and want some private coaching with me, you could connect with me there. And also the usual places, Facebook uh, or lauriebischoff.com. So thank you for listening. And until we meet again, stay feisty, my friends, and go make some shift happen in your life. You too, Gary V. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.